Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing First podcast for accounting firms. I am Jay Barron, founder of Madtown. And Rusty Hall here again, longtime lead engagement professional. And we are down here at our local pub again, having some beers, and here to talk about some content marketing. It's like Jay and I just get together and have beers, and the topic of content marketing comes up. We're either <laughs> the most interesting or the most boring people I've ever met. Well, the worst part is we keep trying to like transition to a new topic, but every time we're like, hey, I have another post about content. Let's do that one. That's because we, yeah, we prepared to do the wrap up for this last season like three weeks ago, and Jay's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I got one more thing," you know. And and uh, you can't argue when it's a good idea. It's a good idea, <laughs> right? And I think we're going to talk about a really important topic, which is what does a successful blog post actually look like for firms? I think a lot of firms they're creating content, but they don't know how to actually structure content. What they should actually be putting in their blog posts and and kind of what it takes or what type of content actually is successful and what performs really well. And I think this is a great segue with everything else we've talked about the past few months. Well, everything else that we've, we've kind of touched on blog posts, right, with this, we, we've got talked about SEO and, you know, how to optimize that on your website. Um, you know, smoke testing kind of touches on blog posts. Uh, it's just a great... Uh, kind of lead gen channel, um, but we haven't really dug into, hey, what makes a good blog post? So right. I think it makes total sense. Yeah, and I think one of the first things we can kind of go into is is when you're trying to build this blog post, like what kind of questions do you need to be asking or answering yourself, especially when you're trying to figure out, hey, how can I create a blog post that ranks really well, that people actually want to read? And I think the first thing is understanding is what is the searcher actually trying to accomplish? So if someone's going to search and find this post, like, what are they actually trying to, to figure out when they make that search? And this is something that we kind of touched on a little bit in a previous podcast about uh, search ranking and right. search engine optimization. Um, and one of the things is, you know, having uh, kind of top of mind what some the problem that somebody has that they're kind of searching to look to solve. And keep in mind how you would naturally search for that. Like right. You wouldn't go in and necessarily type in a specific topic, but you might be, you know, more searching around the problem that you're having. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're trying to go through like a merger and acquisition right now and you're searching around that, where a lot of firms make mistake is they say, oh, well, the searcher's intent is they need a merger and acquisition service, so we're going to just talk about that in our blog post. But that didn't really answer what their problem is. And that's what you really need to figure out is, all right, if I'm searching, what am I trying to accomplish? And now we need to, we need to answer, answer that searcher's query within our blog post. And, and also about that, you know, you get, um, it may not be just one specific interest that they're going to be looking for, right? They may be searching around a topic that's going to touch on several different areas and several different, uh, area, you know, topics of interest. So, yep. you know, I just got to keep that in mind, too, that, you know, a blog post may be applicable in a case of, like, mergers and acquisitions. There's many facets that are going to go into something like that that people yep. are going to be interested in. It, exactly. So I think that's where, like, you know, it's an important to start with, okay, what is the searcher trying to accomplish? Like that's that's number one when you're trying to create your blog post. Figure that out and make sure that's within the content. And then I think next is, are there multiple intents behind this search? Um, you know, so if, if we're looking for you know merger and acquisition, just kind of c continue with that example is, you know, if whether you're the business that's getting acquired or you're the one acquiring the business, there's different intents there. So your blog post needs to answer potentially all those different intents that Both someone sides. might have within that piece of content. So you also need to figure that out, not just not cover that one topic, Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of people leaving the page if you don't cover those other intents in the search. And we're always pretty big on, uh, I mean, if you've listened to the previous podcast and things like that, um, you know, most of it kind of starts with thinking in the customer's mindset and kind of putting yourself in, in 
their shoes, right? And how yep. what they're going to be looking for, which is kind of what we're talking about here. But so we established those things and then kind of, you know, where do you, what would be your next step on that, Jay? Like you've got the kind of the idea from the customer's perspective. Now you're the business. Now you're the blog poster. Now what, now what are you thinking? Right. And I'm sorry, I completely missed your question because our waitress <laughs> kind of came up and distracted me. So I need you to restate it. No problem. That's why we do it here at the pub, right? Because there's always a, it's a, another beer is just a wave of the hand away. But it was basically just about, you know, after you kind of establish what it looks like from the customer's perspective right. and what they're trying to accomplish, you know, how do you get in the mindset of what are you trying to accomplish as a business? What's your goal behind this blog no, post? That's right. So, and I think that's where, and what we're trying to do and we're an answering this question is, okay, figure out what the searcher's intent is. That's number one within the blog post. Now you can figure out, okay, are there multiple intents? We need to make that within the blog post. And now what's our actual goal as a firm? Are we just trying to build brand awareness? Is this somewhere we're trying to get consultations? Do we have some sort of free service that we're trying to offer? And that's where you're thinking about what your intent is as a business and what your goal is. And then you can start working that in the blog post as well. But the, the key is, again, we're, we're answering the search query first, then we're looking at multiple intents, and then our business objectives come last. Our first goal should always be to solve that searcher's problem. Yeah, and that's, again, like we've talked about in previous uh, SEO po uh, podcasts, you know, when we were talking about that, is, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is spend time developing something that people are going to bounce from, right? Yep. You, 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 great, you ranked in searching, but you didn't really answer the problem that they have in hand. So, yeah. you know, that's a, a very uh, pertinent thing to keep in mind. Um, and then also, to your point, with the uh, you know the the business goal behind this thing, um, that plays into buyer's journey, which we've talked about yes. before. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that's interesting is when I'm doing a kind of content audit for a company that's you know here's where all our content and where does it fall. Almost 90% of the time, people put all of their blog posts in stage one. Right. Um, you know, like awareness stage. Even if the call to action on that blog post may be deeper in the funnel. Yeah. Uh, people just it's always have a, a consultation usually. Yeah, they have a mindset of a, a blog post is always going to yeah. be, uh, you know, an awareness phase. So that's interesting thinking about business intent as you're developing your yeah. blog post. Yeah, and it is about limiting that bounce back. Again, Google is a ranking factor. They look at are people pogo sticking from your blog post. So... If they search, they found it, they go right back to the search result page and look for something else. Um, so that's really important. And, th and then it is mapping that that business goal to actually what stage somebody's at. You're not going to hit someone with a consultation if you have a very generic top-of-the-funnel blog post. It just doesn't make sense. And, and back to your point, too, on, on pogo sticking, this is kind of the thing where you, you as the blog poster or the business have to think about what's going to be the next question that they're going to want to answer, yep. right? What what questions did I leave in this blog post yep. that I can then throw that link out to that's going to keep them from bouncing off the page yep. and go deeper into additional blog posts or other resources on my site? Well, that's why understanding multiple search intent is so important. Again, right. you're trying to limit that pogo sticking. You, you have to, you can't just think about it from one angle, you're saying, hey, if someone's searching this, are there multiple intents behind this very specific search? Could somebody searching it mean something completely different? And does my blog post answer that as well? Yeah, and I, and you know, to, hey, to continue on with our mergers and acquisition things, uh, you know, we kind of stated earlier, um, you know, you think about those questions and then, well, there's going to be uh, you know, problems with integrations of different financial practices or different tax laws that you're going to have to think about. You got to keep all of those ready to go so that you've got additional blog posts right. that you can link out to that are going to yep. answer those questions. Yeah, I mean, there's so many questions that come from just murder and acquisitions, yeah. like tax implications, like things like that, how to maximize when I'm uh, 
selling my business and things like that that you need to think about and make sure those are covered because again there's multiple intent and you want to limit that pogo sticking and you want people to go deeper into your own content uh, so you, i mean you just got to kind of figure that stuff out and now that you've kind of you know if you've started to answer these questions now you can actually start designing your content flow and this is what i think a lot of people are trying to a lot of firms are another probably like this is what they want to know is is how do I actually design my blog post? Like what content actually goes in it? What does a typical blog post look like? I mean, obviously I think the first thing is you, know, you have that keyword focused header right at the top. You know, the reason you have that is again, that search intent. Someone searched, uh, they go to the page, they want to know right away, is this the page that I'm looking for? You know, and if your headline has what they searched within it, they have a good chance to say, oh, this is what I'm looking for, prevents that pogo sticking, and you're structuring your page in a way that really makes sense. And I've seen a lot of marketers kind of shoot themselves in the foot here, trying to be too clever, right? Yep. <laughs> I think that's the, a lot of the times you fall into the trap of like a really you know, clever clever headline or something like that, which it's maybe funny or catchy to you, but really save that for like your, your subheader, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I, there's a balance. You definitely want to do click worthy headlines but also again you have to fulfill that searcher's intent so if you get too crazy they search something they see the headline like oh this isn't what i want they already went back they went somewhere else they're not going to guess and hope that this is the right page for them um so that's it's again there's a balance there and i think also like a sub headline and things like that are really important and i think also it's important is all right so you have that keyword focus header up top follow it up with a nice featured image that kind of resonates with what somebody's searching so kind of again you're, you're making the content more engaging to prevent pogo sticking that that image can also reinforce what the post is about yeah and there's a couple of different ways to go about that now the, the two ways that i like to think about it is think about what it's going to look like is like a display ad right if you're going to syndicate this content a little bit if you're going to push that blog out on other channels yeah that's a great idea to think about it, that gotta have an image right um and it's got to be something that's pretty catchy and in you know, kind of gives an idea of what the, the post is going to be about and where you're going and how that's related. Um, and then the other thing on, uh, you know, your, your, your featured image stuff is there's also a great place for linking too, right? If you've got additional content that's around that particular topic, like use that kind of image as a link to your additional topics around that. So, right. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a multiple, multitude of reasons why you should include a, include a good one. And, uh, you know, with the availability of like really good stock photography today, not hard to do. Right. <laughs> yep. No, and stock photos are, are easy. A lot of firms now have done images in their firm that they can leverage. Um, just spend the time and make sure it makes sense. Get away from always the people around a desk sitting in an <laughs> like, office. You did a cool one the other day, actually, that I thought, that I thought was kind of kind of novel. Was uh, you? This was specifically for like some of your advertising, but you kind of A/B tested like a a more traditional stock photo and then like a personal photo. That's right. And uh, I think that's a that's a cool way, again, with this feature and image thing. Yep. You can kind of test the waters even on an A-B test there. Yep. The stock the stock photo actually did better, so I oh, must be that's... really ugly or not very attractive. I don't know, but it didn't do very well. Leave a comment at the bottom of the podcast here if you know a makeover uh, artist for Jay. <laughs> We're trying to get him some more clicks. Yeah, those... <laughs> Those clicks didn't work out. So, but, but I mean, you can test stuff like that, um, which is always interesting. Um, and then I think, you know, after you do, you spend the time, you get that featured image, you got to have a solid lead in. So you have that keyword focused header, you got a featured image, you have that solid lead in that kind of leads into the blog post. And, and honestly, I think it starts to answer that, that first question, which is what is the searcher queries intent? A lot of people wait to the very end to answer it as a way to get them to read. I don't think that's what you want to do. You want to answer that in that lead in, try to start 
at least start answering the question and then leading them down into the additional content, which goes more in depth. So if it's a simple, am I responsible for this tax? You can answer it right away in the first sentence. Yes, you are. Here's what you need to know about it. Right. And then you've already established the fact that, hey, you've got the answer, yep. and now here's why. Does this sales tax apply to me? Yes, it, yes does. it does. Here's what you need to know about it. Go from there. Yeah. Just, just answer that search query's intent right away, and, and then you can start to answer the additional additional searcher intent within the additional content and paragraphs below as well. And this is where you'd start including things like, you know, some of your more supporting visuals, like some of your yes. graphics, uh, you know, statistics around the topic. Which is sorely missing from, you go to any accounting firm website today, I don't think they do featured images and they do not do supporting supporting graphics within their content at all. You see a lot of, uh, you know, especially in some of the financial blogs and things like that, uh, are you know those big old blocks of text right yep. it looks you you click on it and it's boy it's like you know h1 tag h2 tag block of body copy right yeah <laughs> yeah i mean even if you the graphics at least even just help break the content up they make it more engaging and then if you can start doing things such as you know getting graphs in the article and those really compelling visuals that really reinforce what you're trying to say um those are extremely powerful and do extremely well they're also shareable. So, I mean, those are the great things about those graphics is that they, they do help. They do improve engagements. They do improve uh, people scrolling through your content. And they do improve, like, like people just staying longer on the site. They also, um, you know, help help in an in additional benefit in just kind of a structural way. One of the things that I always like to think about with blog content is make it at least fairly skimmable, fairly, you know, scannable for somebody who's visiting it. So maybe if they're well, you're interested, not credit card skimming at not, so. yeah, <laughs> not since the 80s anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, no, you wanna you wanna have it. You can you can use those graphics or those uh, those charts or statistics yeah. as callouts to specific parts of that content, um, so that maybe if I'm just interested in in one part, I can quickly scroll through and see there's a graphic on that specific yep. thing I'm interested in, and that makes it uh, infinitely more easy for people to navigate. I mean, I've been using uh, GIFs in mine actually lately, just, <laughs> just funny GIFs and memes. They do support actually what I'm saying, but they're engaging, people like them, it, and they're differentiating. Like, it just makes the content different, so people like that. Um, so, I mean, even stuff like that can really help your content stand out and make that blog post better. Well, and you think about what you're wrapping around those, like, kind of graphics of interest right is there's usually you're usually answering finishing answering a question above it and you're starting a new question below sure. it so when somebody usually you know comes to that gif and they stop and they pause a minute um, then they're already going to see that you know hey the next question a little bit deeper into the topic um, so it's yeah. a great way to kind of you know spark some interest and then yep. keep them reading yeah so and i think another uh, the other big key to you know structuring your content flow and what that looks like is and we've talked about this in other podcasts, it's so important, is that internal linking and calls to action to additional additional content to reduce that bounce rate. We talked about it above, is you're trying to limit that bounce rate, and so many firms don't do this. You have to interlink your content together. Yeah, you, you've already got probably expert topics. You've got additional blog posts that support the stuff you're going to be talking about. There's going to be some fundamentals in all of your content that are, are going to be able you're going to be able to link back to. So why not leverage those? Right. Um, you know, maybe it does. And I think a lot of people, what happens is. 
um, they kind of take some of that basic information as a given, right? If I've got a resource page that's applicable to, you know, gotchas for, uh, you know, tax law and a merger situation, um, you've probably already got a resource page on your site yeah. that speaks to that. So why are you going to then assume that somebody reading your blog post already knows about it? Yep. So, you know, skip the link. Yep. You can you can lead people down the same the same journey they're on now. So it's an early stage, leading more early stage content. But you can also encourage people to start to go deeper, to go to your services pages, do that interlinking and stuff like that. So it's, it's just, it's really important. And it doesn't always have to be, yes, internal links to your own content, but it could be internal, uh, external links going to other pieces of content as well, which is really important if you can't cover a topic in depth. And that's a good one too, because even if you do have some like great statistics or something like that, a chart that you want to show that maybe you've borrowed from another topic, uh, do some out, yeah. Do some outbound links on that, right? Yep. Um, be able to link to further resources um, because then people are going to know that even if they don't get all the answers on yours, they're going to go ahead and get uh, the additional path um, to, to to find out more. Yeah, yeah. And I think lastly, then, so you're structuring your blog post. You have this keyword focus header. That's number one. You have a featured image up top. You have that great lead in which starts to solve that searches and query. The rest of the content starts to really solve additional searcher intent I think and also maybe answers the question more deeply and then you can start adding those compelling graphics and visuals throughout the article which is going to be really important internal links throughout the pieces of content and then lastly follow it up with a solid call to action at the bottom and a lot of firms or it's in the side where a lot of firms don't do this as well is this is where you can look at hey do we have a nice piece of content we can send people to is there a newsletter that we can send them to which which is going to be most of the time a newsletter is going to be the most relevant call to action but there's definitely times where you just got to be more strategic and think what's the solid call to action here that we want to send people to it could be even comments maybe maybe you do have a very good following on your blog and you want people to comment and things like that that's another call to action potentially yeah comments is a good one too because be, people don't think about that as a call to action necessarily all the time uh, but you know in some cases uh, you know I've seen some of the, the best interactions if you've got somebody that's like a really engaged subject matter expert or something like that um, leave that comment field in play and ask for you know what didn't we cover what additional questions do you have um, and people can kind of use that as a forum to ask additional questions around that topic. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And so, I mean, what we've done is we've said, okay, answer these questions to make sure you're creating the right, the right piece of content. Now, what does that piece of content look like? How can you structure it? And I think we really need to start going into, okay, what type of content is successful for firms? I think a lot of firms are like, you know, Jay, I'm doing all this and I'm still not gaining any traction. And I yeah. think this is where this kind of, next section kind of comes into play is they're just not either creating the right type of content. I see a lot of firms they're creating, like I said, the tax updates. We've mentioned that a lot. Tax updates and things like that. And I think what's interesting when you think about it is who's probably searching around tax updates more than anybody else is probably accounting firms. <laughs> they're firms looking for yes. blog content. <laughs> yeah, so they're literally creating blog content for their com competition and not the people looking for yeah. Yes, there's some CFOs that are maybe searching on a tax, but, but I guarantee you, by and large, those people are not using Google and they're not using your website. The most people looking at tax updates are accounting firms. Yeah. Um, and the tax updates work great for clients to send them, but beyond that, there actually isn't much value there. And I think, I think this is where we can kind of help, help people out because I'm sorry, you're creating that tax update. It's already been created. You're not the first. I guarantee there's uh, a state website or somebody's already created the content it's already been created and like I said most people looking for that type of stuff are accounting firms yeah. so why don't we kind of cover 
what type of contents are successful. And I think first is, man, it is a loud day here at the bar. Again. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you, our usual pub, we sit in the back room, right? So that people have a visual here. We're back behind the dartboards and the bookcases usually, and nobody comes back here. But today, I guess it's two, popular two, place to be. two podcasts in a row now. The last one was the same thing. Like, just, just in and out. So maybe we got to find a new joint. I don't know. But so I think first is okay, type of contents for success is, is first, you really need to have a, a piece of content that's either brand new or first on a topic. Extremely tough to do these days. It's tough. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think we talked about this in a few podcasts ago. It would be. Like cryptocurrency is a great example. Had yeah. you wrote about cryptocurrency six, seven years ago and you wrote blog posts on it, like that blog post is probably killing it today. You're probably gaining tons of traction. You are the first one out there. You created this great piece of content and that's the type of stuff you have to be doing um, before. If you actually wanted to do a tax post, you probably should have done a tax post before Trump even announced his tax, <laughs> yeah. his tax reform. Had you done that, you'd have been first to the gate. You probably had a great blog post that came out. But that's what we mean where type of content for success is you have to, it has to either be brand new or first on the topic or it already exists. There's hundreds of posts out there. You're not creating value. It's hard to really capitalize on those two because it demands so much resource, right? You almost have to have somebody or a team of people who are actually yeah. forecasting, looking for what the next thing's going to be. And Firms are too slow to do this, yeah, honestly. I agree. I agree. I think it's, um, you know, you're always going to get scooped. Um, because there's agencies out there that this is all they do, yeah. right? Is is try to try to first to break. Yeah, those um, big firms, yeah, they're hiring the agencies to do this stuff. Yeah, right away. It's it's tough. It's tough. If you can do it, great. It, it's a great option to have a successful blog post. It's just difficult to pull off. So if we say that okay, this is a difficult thing to pull off, right? And we we're all kind of agreed for the reasons that we've just mentioned. Like, what's the next angle that you might look yeah. at? Yeah, you know, so the next thing could be like most recent or, or recently updated. So maybe there's some blog posts out there on a topic they're three, four, five years old, you know, and they're not updated. So you could actually create a blog post and have the most recent, updated, fresh version. And those perform really well. And there's a lot of opportunities around that that type of content right now that that can really work. Well, that's true. And that's you've also kind of got like a, a track record of success with that, right? If it was a great pertinent topic, then an update of it would, you know, assumingly uh, that, that you do it correctly, um, would be very relevant today, right? Um, so that's kind of a great source to go back and look for. Um, along with that, uh, what about like a different spin on it? So maybe take a topic that was, you know, posted in the past and then maybe kind of repackage it in like a different life. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, another example then. So, you, yeah, you created this content. Maybe you package it differently. So maybe everybody else did a blog post. You take that piece of content. You turn it into an infographic. You know, maybe you do it as, as a video to actually gain some traction around it. Or uh, a webinar is a great podcast. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly right. So again, it, it's already been done. The topic's already overdone. This is where a lot of firms are doing. Oh, there's already ten thousand blog posts about it. I'm going to write another one. We're trying to say you can't do that. You have to find a different way, or just as you're wasting your time and your money. So can you package it different? Like, hey, you know, there's a lot of blog posts about this, but nobody's really doing it in a really consumable infographic. So let's do that. Um, let's do it as a video. Let's do it as a podcast, a different form of media that, that's just packaged differently than everything else that exists right now out there. Or maybe it's a, something that's really popular is, is multi-page blog posts. So maybe you can cover it really in depth and do multiple pages on it. 
Um, that, that's really popular and has great SEO value right now. Yeah, and I've kind of touched on this before, but I think you know one of the things is people come, become kind of beholden to the content calendar, right? And it's like, well, we just know that we have to do this many blog yep. posts and this cadence, and um, you know, even if it's light or not innovative, we at least we can check the box that we did our blog yep. post. So I, I feel like that kind of drives it, creates a lot of pressure for people to put out content without actually thinking about why. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I worked. Uh, I worked at a firm, and eventually, the the managing partner or the CEO was like, "We're actually gonna com- we're gonna pay our firm leaders to write blog posts." And the intent is great, but it's really just gonna. They're creating content to read a, an arbitrary number. You have to do two blog posts a month. Fine, I'm gonna create my two blog posts versus focusing on the quality, creating content that actually gets results. And things like that. So I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually worked in a firm that had the same, like, same approach, right? It was, but in, in their case, they were uh, generally handled contracts by independent consultants. And part of their consulting hours was to develop, you know, X number of blog posts yep. um, that you had to include on your billable hours. Yeah. Um, and it, it <laughs> you know, you... It, it was kind of regardless of their writing ability, it was included as yeah. part of the contract. So it's yep. like, man, you end up with a lot of stuff in the scrap heap um, when you should just be doubling down on your guys that are writing you gold. Yep. Um, which is subjective in some cases, yeah. but I think the, the the true writers kind of bubble to the top. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So I think also we can talk about you know another kind of successful post is can you go more in depth? So if some, maybe a topic's covered. You know, you're like you're looking and your firm's doing research. Like, hey, you know, this topic's been covered a lot, but no one's really doing it in depth. No one has that definitive guide to this topic. We can take this topic and we can cover it substantially more in depth, provide a lot more value and a lot more meat. You might have a successful blog post there then that can that can really outshine all the other pieces of content out there. Well, and that's where you've got to be, you know, really aware of your um, your subject matter experts and the people who are going to be experts in that, because you might not mandate that everybody does a you know a blog post every time. You might just take one of your subject matter experts who's really knowledgeable on that specific topic and just have them do a really in depth post for you, like you're talking about, um, so that you're not ending up with, you know. an array like 10 blog posts you may just end up with the one that you've concentrated a lot of resources in but because it's going to be unique because it's going to be in depth um, you're going to get more traction out of that than you would 10 fluffy blog posts yeah yeah i mean in depth is something a lot of firms again don't do very well i think i think most firms are looking at a 300 word blog post and we're talking in depth we're talking 2,000 3,000 i mean i just wrote a blog post that was 5,000 words the other day so I mean, th- those are the in-depth pieces of content that can do really well if you put the effort into them. Yeah, and they, and they are resource-intensive, right? It requires a lot of research to pull all that together. But at the same time, like, is it really any more resource-intensive than spinning your wheels, creating a bunch of light content? And Not imagine really. if the content actually performs, which yeah. is where a lot of firms struggle. And that's what we're talking about here, guys. We're just talking about what does a successful blog post, what do you need to do? What questions, how do you structure it? And what types of content does it need to actually be to be successful? And, and the last really piece for a type of content you can do or how to structure a blog post would be having a unique approach. So maybe maybe there's already 100 blog posts that, that, that talk about it, but do you have a different angle on that topic that nobody else is talking about? Do you have a unique approach to it, a, a unique thought around that, around that searcher's intent? 
That's another option for very successful blog posts. You're, you're answering in a way nobody else is. See, and there's another good example of where you can take examples of other blog posts, you know, kind of put it out there to your, your brain trust or your experts who are, you know, within your own firm and say, hey, do you guys have a, a unique take on this? Is there something missing? Is there a question that's unanswered here? Uh, right. And kind of get folks to, you know, to, to weigh in on, man, they really missed the boat on a specific piece that we can cover and can be unique to us. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So why don't you kind of fill me in here on this this next piece that, that you want to kind of cover? So we kind of we do all these in one take. So far we've done them all in one take, and I had an outline together. And now Rusty here just decides to add a bunch of stuff as I'm looking through my outline. So I'm gonna let him drive here for for the second half, and we'll see how this goes. I like to wait until Jay's actually on a webinar that he can't get off of before I start updating his outline for these things. So yeah, we're good. Thank uh, you. Actually, I'll do uh, I'll do one, one more here. Yeah, this was the. For those of you who can't see the one more, this is the the uh, Four Bullets Irish Red Ale, and it's uh, it's pretty top notch. I, I gotta have another one before I launch into this half of the the podcast. So anyway, so I did. I came in here and I updated after after Jay had already kind of looked at the outline and put it together. And I thought of some of the questions that I, as somebody who have you know been responsible for creating content and kind of hey, you're the you're the marketing guy, you're the lead engagement guy. We need blog posts. Um, go find them, right? Well, I can't write them on our own because one of the biggest mistakes that you make is letting marketing folks write your blog post specifically. Now, that's not to say that every marketing person is you know, gonna, gonna waste your time blog posting, but for the most part, your marketing guys already have uh, kind of a spin um, that they're already gonna put out there. It's gonna sound like a marketing guy has already kind of written, you know, like wrote that blog post. So that's when you start looking within on your internal teams and who you've gotten. You know, we, we talked a little bit about where do you find writers, and uh, we said that, you know, the consulting thing, you can't include that as part of, you know, their own internal, their, their billable hours, right? You're not going to force people to write blog posts. Right. But generally, you'll have some people who are pretty passionate about topics if you just kind of start the conversations. And um, a lot of times, this is some of your, uh, your sellers, if you're the kind of, you know, firm that has some people dedicated to selling and business yeah. development. Those are the guys that are reading all the current topics. They're probably already tuned in to a lot of the blogging and content that's they out there. They know your prospect's pain points, hopefully. They, exactly. And so they're, I mean, they're, they're talking to them, hopefully. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope so. So you can really tap some of those guys and see, you know, what conversations are you having with our current prospects and what are their concerns, what are they worried about. And that's not only a good place to kind of develop topics, but, uh, you know, some of the sellers become really knowledgeable on that and are able to develop out some great blog posts. Um, and again, you know, you got to let them know that they've got the eye of, of uh, marketing and editing to kind of filter all that through, but just create the content uh, and then you can kind of tailor it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, 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 good, a good source, a good place to start looking. And then also your technical folks. So um, sure. if you've got a tax expert that's on board with you that's, you know, specifically tied into changes of tax law, um, a lot of the times, those those guys are not going to speak up unless you prompt them. Yep. You're going to say, "Look, we need some um, some uniquely targeted content. Yep. Uh, you've got the inside information because you're living, breathing this every day." Sometimes the busybodies actually have a really good voice and they create really good content. They just need an opportunity to actually showcase that they can do it. It's because nobody ever asks, yep. right? It's because the the call comes down from. Um, 
hey, you know, marketing content guy, let's create some content. Or yeah. And then I see this happens a lot of the time is, oh, great, we need blog post content. Let's go hire an agency. Right. Yep. <laughs> so right. Let's, and, and there's nothing wrong with tapping but, an agency, but let's actually let's go into it a little bit, because I, I do think that the agency model is actually great for a lot of firms, because to be honest, a lot of firms that don't have the time, they're not they're not going to honestly invest the time. They want a done for them approach. And, 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 and I mean, this honestly, a lot of firms want a done for them approach. The biggest issue firms are running into is is they think it's cheap. They yeah. think great content's cheap. They're like, whoa, five hundred dollars for a, for a blog post? Are you crazy? Like, like no, that's actually for a good blog post. That's actually really cheap. I mean, you should be investing. You know, if you really want to spend the time to create good content, easily can be investing two thousand to five thousand dollars a month, depending on the level of your firm and how much content you need to be creating to really create that good content. So, so yes, working with an agency or a marketing consultant to help you create the content and that's what we really focus on is is do do you want a, a done for you approach or do you want are you do you want to do the work and you just need help most firms do want that done for you approach but they think it's easy and cheap and unfortunately that's where the imbalance is right now for a lot of these firms is they're like holy holy shit i gotta spend yeah. two thousand dollars a month for some blog content like yeah, that's literally what you have to spend a month to start creating good blog content. Yeah, and, and that's not, you know, they look at the words on the page, right? It's like, oh, okay, it's a blog post, it's one page, right? But it's all of these things that we've been talking about that it takes into account. And that's where having a good relationship with an agency is like the key to the yeah. whole success of it, right? It's, it, it, it is time consuming to develop a blog post that has all these key features that yeah. we've talked about. And I can tell you, if you're spending less than $300 for a blog post, it's going to be <laughs> shit. You're just hiring a ghostwriter at that yeah, point. It, I mean, that's, you're just hiring a writer. It's yeah, a, they're, they're literally, everything we've talked about, you must have thrown out the window. You know what they're doing? They're Googling, <laughs> right. they're copying everybody else's blog post, <laughs> and then reworking and, it into your blog post. And giving so it you basically you. have what everybody else has already said, and you've already... Everything we've talked about is already out the window. But this is the difference, too, in just going out and buying a blog post and trying to get, build a strategy. Yeah. Um, you don't want to go out and just buy a blog post, right? Because that's just going to go up on your website. Nobody's going to read it. It's not going to be engaging or, sure. or, or uh, you know, deliver the results you want. But if you're going out and finding somebody that's going to be a strategy partner and help you leverage that for the goals that we've kind of outlined here for um, all stages of your buyer's journey, that's demand gen all the way through getting people to, you know, to, to a consultation. Um, if you've got somebody that's thinking strategy, that's when an agency can really come in and help. Yeah. No, it, agreed. Yeah. You, you definitely need to build that, that strategy. Unfortunately, a lot of firms start at the execution mindset. So, I mean, there's the agency model. I think the other thing is, is the firm leaders. Like, they should be invested in helping create great content. It doesn't mean that they have to be writing at all, but if they can be available for uh, subject matter expertise to get interviews, to, to really get that thought leadership they have in their brain and turn that into content, uh, they have to be a part of that process. And you and I have been doing this for a long time, and you know as well as I do, well, everybody who has, how much better a piece that's from the CEO or the founder performs yep. than 
you know, somebody that's, you know, been hired to write the piece or if it's, you know, a, not, a, not a known name of your firm or something like that, um, you can put out a piece by your founder, CEO, um, CMO, somebody like that uh, who really has kind of the name recognition and the title recognition, quite yeah. frankly. Um, and those things always tend to perform really well because yeah. people are, you know, people are wanting to read that kind of deep thought expertise. Yeah, people want this, this fairy dust of content. It just it doesn't exist, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. it's, it's a lot of work. To do it right, it's expensive. It takes time, and if you follow this, I mean, it, it, it's going to work. You have to try to find those great writers in your firm, uh, those with people with deep expertise, or you need to really make a proper investment in really good content. And it does, like you know, on the surface, we're talking about all this stuff, and it seems like, gosh, that does seem like a lot of exhausting work. But it's it's really not any more exhausting than creating a bunch of content that doesn't perform. Yeah. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's probably less work than just trying to bombard it and win by volume. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I mean, we're coming up, we've been on this podcast for <laughs> 35 minutes already, man. I've already had three, like three beers. I know. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, I think, I think this is actually just a, this is really a great introduction to what does a successful blog post look like? And then also how can you start executing on that blog post? And we've covered a lot of different things in this is, Again, what questions do you ask? Think about that searcher's intent, then think about your business objectives and really focus on limiting that bounce rate, I think. I mean, that's that's number one. And then you can really get into, okay, how do I structure that blog post? Get that, that keyword-rich headline, get that featured image, think about that that lead in it, and really follow that outline we kind of mapped out earlier. Uh, and then really think about, okay, what is a successful piece of content you have you can't create everything that's already been existed out there you have to have a brand new idea you have to package it differently it has to be more in depth or you have to have something that's more recent and updated than everything else like you can't just spit out content to really have a successful blog post yeah and and where do you find the people to write for this where are you going to find the people that are going to weigh in and and actually be experts on the topics and have that unique uh that unique approach maybe a better way to think about it is i mean what we've talked about is in this the thing every firm right now for the most part they're doing great content like they're creating great content or they're creating good content you know, i'd say is but the problem is that's not enough anymore yeah you, you have to follow all this and do it and you have to create a type of a piece of content that's actually going to build you for success because just blogging every month and saying hey you know that's a really great post we made but nothing's happening like that's the problem great content just isn't enough anymore yeah Volume is no longer a valid metric for measuring your blog performance. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that kind of sums it up here. And, and we're always available, guys, for you to reach out. We do have, still have that, that marketing assessment. We can kind of dive into your content and kind of see what's going on and give you guys some actual recommendations. Like I said, that's, that's free. We just do that as a quick 30-minute marketing assessment. We can do a quick audit and, and kind of see how you're doing. But... And the next podcast, I think, what, are we going to do a, a recap then on the next podcast? Yeah, I or? think we're finally going to get to the recap okay. on the next podcast, uh, which will kind of encompass everything that we've talked about for this first season of Marketing yep. First and, uh, and all the way up through our, our blog post episode here. Awesome. So, this has been great. I've had a lot of fun today, actually. Yeah, so. I'll always have a lot of fun, Jay. All, all right. right. Later, everybody. <laughs>